Hi, everybody. I'm Giovanni Heater, joined alongside the Director of Broadcast Operations and the play-by-play voice of the Virginia Tech men's basketball team, Zach Mackey. Zach, thanks so much for taking the time today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Gio. Excited to be here. Zach, how has it been to be here in Blacksburg? I know you've been here for about a month now. How have you been adjusting, and what have your first couple of weeks to a month been like? Yeah, it's been good. You know, I started off just kind of trying to learn everybody and trying to get a sense of, you know, who does what, how how things kind of work from an athletic standpoint, and then kind of start to dig my feet in and, and figure out a little bit about this football team and the basketball team and, you know, get a sense of how those two are going along, and that's been great. And, you know, just trying to figure out daily life in Blacksburg and, you know, the, the uh, campus life. I live out in Christiansburg, so kind of out in there a little bit too is, has been nice and, and good. But it's been uh, a cool place, you know, a, a real college town. And I'm excited now. I know we were waiting around for a while for the games to get going. It's a lot of fun now with the games going. And uh, Lane Stadium was packed on Saturday, but it was a crazy environment. So cool. All right, so your title holds the Director of Broadcast Communications. Like we talked about, you're the play-by-play man for the men's basketball team. So what does it mean to have a title like that, and how does it feel to be a part of such a historic Power 5 program covering teams at really the absolute highest level? Yeah, you know, it's nice to, uh, to first off, be at a place that cares about their broadcast, cares about radio. It's a radio, you know, listen to state and university, really, because – some of them out there aren't. I mean, frankly, the people here care about it. Uh, you know, they're interested in the broadcast, what's happening, and they're interested in the Hokies, however they can get their hands on it. Uh, so that's great. I mean, it's it's been nice, you know, kind of get my hands on, on our radio operations and getting to make a lot of those decisions and, you know, decide what's, what's happening here or there and, and how we're going to do things going forward. Uh, has been a, a cool adjustment kind of for me. I, I've always been, you know, a broadcaster and a play-by-play person. So to be in a position to where I, I get to, you know, make some of those day-to-day operation uh, decisions and that has been been nice. But, uh, you, you know, the big thing is you want to be somewhere where people care about what you're doing and where, you know, here at Virginia Tech, people care about it, they're interested in it, and, uh, you know, they support their teams. And at the end of the day, that's what that's what really matters. What was it like uh, being on the field and uh, experiencing your first enter Sandman a couple of nights ago as the Hokies took down Boston College? Yeah, it was cool. You know, Gio, it was one of those things where I, I felt like it was almost like you're watching like a play. Like everyone <laughs> knew, like, okay, first scene, this is what you start doing, though. Let's go Hokies. Then, you know, it goes into the Johnny Cash. Then all of a sudden Metallica comes in with that. And, you know, and then the song ends and the people keep singing. I mean, everyone of the stadium knew what to do and it was like a whole uh practice round almost i mean they've been doing it for a long time but it's just one of those things people pick up on and know right away what they're supposed to do so that was electric i, w- I was down there on the field and i uh one felt like literally i could feel like the turf shaking i felt like <laughs> down on the field and then second off um i now know i'm like okay i i stood kind of where the coach, I stood kind of where the coaches stand there at about the the 50 yard line. I kind of scouted out some territory, so I think I know where I want to go next week to be able to get even a closer, better view. All right. So how did you get here? Kind of walk me through your hiring process here at Virginia Tech. Yeah. So um, I, I come from Montana State, and I was at uh, Montana State, which is a Learfield school. Virginia Tech's a Learfield school. I originally went to school at Iowa, which is also a Learfield school. So it's kind of all been in the same family of of who holds the media rights uh, at those different universities. 
uh, I, I was doing Montana State football and men's basketball along with Iowa baseball, and it was a lot of back and forth. I was ready to kind of put my feet down and, and be sat in one area. So to see an opportunity to be able to do that here at Virginia Tech, that you know made me interested right away. Uh, I, I kind of knew um, just it's a small industry. I knew that um, there was an opening here at Virginia Tech, I thought, and uh, I applied for it in April. And uh, then it wasn't for, you know, you kept hearing like, okay, we've narrowed it down to this, we've narrowed it down to that. And then finally, um, in about mid-May, I interviewed for the position. A week later, they uh, said they want to bring me out. I came out here um, for a couple of days, and then uh, they offered me the position ultimately. So I was excited and uh, accepted it that next day. When did you first discover an interest in sports broadcasting? When did you know that this was the career you wanted to pursue? Well, you know, it first started for me when I was younger in high school. Uh, my dad was a high school athletic director. He was a high school principal. He just retired. And, uh, you know, the, the one of those games where he didn't have somebody, he said, hey, you want to try to do this? You want to try to be a PA announcer? I said, yeah, sure. So I jumped in, did it right away. And uh, I can think back to some of those stories. I mean, I... I know at least twice in like holiday tournaments, I was doing the PA announcing and you'd get the starting lineup and I'd have someone wrong, the number down wrong, and I'd <laughs> announce the wrong person in the starting lineup. And I'm like, oh my goodness. But we also had kind of a local access program that I got involved with doing some more play-by-play. And then um, specifically streaming was kind of just coming out. I kind of started our own streaming thing there, doing the road games for basketball and the home games for basketball. And, um, you know, I kind of found at that point, I said, yeah, there, there's people that do this for like a job at a career. And uh, that's kind of, you know, from getting those first couple of opportunities in high school, then seeing that this is something I could do. I was hooked and said, this is something I want to pursue. Zach, you mentioned earlier that you decided to uh, go ahead and attend the University of Iowa. What made you decide on attending Iowa over other major sports broadcasting schools such as Syracuse, Northwestern, and uh, some of the cream of the crop schools out there? Well, I had kind of the same insight and same thought as you uh, that, you know, Syracuse is revered as one of the best schools when it comes to broadcasting, but I wanted to get on the air right away and I wanted to get experience at a place that was I knew in a power five so you were going to have major sports like at like at Iowa like at Virginia Tech now and um you know I, I saw opportunities where I got on campus I did you know like my second day I did a, a soccer match and then I did a volleyball match and then you know they asked me like the next week to do the first five weeks of the Iowa baseball season for Learfield so it was one of those things that if you got involved and got doing things right away, um, a lot of the people I talked to in the industry told me the most important thing, the number one thing is to get reps. Right. And you know, it's not when I've done a resume and filled things out, I've never put my GPA for a broadcasting uh, job ever. I, I don't think that's as much of a thing as your demo reel and what matters with that, what's on that. And the best demo reel you're able to build, the better shot you have at getting that next job. Well, Virginia Tech also just uh, tallied in at number five in the country this past year. So Iowa's growing their resumes. Virginia Tech's uh, starting to make their case uh, as well. Uh, when did you first get the job at Montana State, and how did that all kind of come about to get such a highly touted job right out of college? Well, you know, it started, um, like I said, I was doing Iowa baseball, 
It was a Learfield school. Uh, I was also working in the Iowa football department. I graduated, so I went uh, four years and then another semester. So I graduated in December of uh, 20, um, 2018. And uh, then I said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do another Iowa football, so why don't you come on full-time? So I came on full-time with Iowa football while still doing Iowa baseball. And uh, throughout that time, I saw that there uh, was some situation, some things evolving up at Montana State. You know, broadcasting is a small industry, like I said before, uh, especially anyone in Division One. You kind of know what's happening, what what the movement is. I saw that that was going to be an opening up there, and uh, I, I sent an email to the GM actually up there of their sport property, and and he responded back a real generic. Um, you know, saying we're not doing it at this time. Please reach back out in April. That's when we'll make a decision. I said, okay, whatever. Um, and uh, then all of a sudden, March first, I got a call from their GM and said, "Hey, are you still interested in this job? We, you know, talked some things over. Looked at your resume. We're interested in in talking further with you." And I said, "Yeah, you know, I I am interested." And um, the process went along. Uh, executives at Learfield already knew that I was doing baseball, so they knew some of that stuff. And uh, I went out there to Bozeman in that spring. And, you know, it was a lot different than what I originally thought it was going to be like. I, I had a sense in my mind, like, cowboys and ranchers out there in that. Okay. And, and it was like, um, it was a fairly big town. I mean, it was 60,000 people in Bozeman and it was a lot, of, there's a lot of money out there. I mean, there's Porsches and Ferraris everywhere because it's all the California money moving out there where they can work remote now. And, uh, the Yellowstone club out there, the golf and ski resort is one of the most elite memberships in America. I know Bill Gates and Tom Brady and all those people have places right out there in Bozeman. So it was, uh, you know, it was a lot different than what I originally thought. And to be honest, even when I went out there to, for the job, I, it was one of those jobs I said, listen, I have I have goals of where I want to get to and what I want to be able to do. And to do that, I think I've got to go out to a place like Montana State. I might have to grind this out for three years and, you know, see what happens for me, how things move along. But I, I turned to really like it. I had a lot of friends out there. I really enjoyed uh, the university, the people out there. And, and it was a gorgeous uh, country out there with the mountains and everything. So it, it was a good experience for me. Well, kind of piggybacking off of that, you know, you talked about how you felt like you kind of had to cut your teeth in Montana and almost pay your dues in a way uh, living out there. So what is your dream job in this profession? What's kind of the end goal for Zach Mackey? Well, you know, I, I think, you know, it depends. I, I talk sometimes and I'm like, yeah, I want to be a, I want to be a, a power five broadcaster at a university, major university, like, you know, right here at Virginia Tech. Um, and then sometimes I have thoughts that I, I would like to go the network route too and get network opportunities, uh, you know, that route. I, I think I, I always want to be doing the biggest games at the biggest schools uh, and, and that's why I wanted to come here, you know, a team that won the ACC in, in basketball and historically has competed towards the top half of football. So I, I think the big thing for me is that I, I don't feel like it's work. I get, uh, you know, I get to come to a, a great place in Virginia Tech. I get to call football and, and basketball games and be involved in those broadcasts. And that's my job. I mean, it, you know, it, at the end of the day, it's to do the biggest games on the biggest stages. Now, how do you think, uh, you know, what's your game plan as far as, in what ways do you want to maybe grow as, if this is a stepping stone for you, or if it is the end game, you know, how do you want to grow as a person and a broadcaster here at Virginia Tech in Blacksburg? 
Yeah, I think that um, you know anyone can get better with their um, overall broadcast, the pace. I'm always working on description. I think I can always be better with. Uh, that's something that I'm always mindful of. Um, you know, I, I think some of it is just growing. And you know, when you put yourself in situations that aren't, uh, so, sometimes I have a tendency to put myself in a position that is easy. And you do that, and uh, you know, when I was at Iowa, I, I wanted everything in the world to stay at Iowa. I, that was all I wanted was to stay there. And then, you know, I, I saw the Montana State opportunity open up. I said, I got to put myself out there, and I got to put myself out of my comfort zone to try to grow a little bit. And uh, I did that, and then, you know, I saw an opportunity here to go out of my comfort zone again, come here, and you know, so I think that's a, a big part of it, trying to grow and as a person overall I want to be able to do that form relationships because that's all that athletics and the business that we're in is 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 all about relationships uh, so yeah there, there's definitely things that I need to improve on on my broadcast on pacing on you know the the way that things sound description but I also want to be able to get involved in some of those sports that I don't have a great handle of and get maybe better at broadcasting some of those so what scares you about your uh, new position here at Virginia Tech and also about, you know, being a broadcaster in general? We kind of live uh, in a time period right now where, you know, your image and, and media and uh, how you portray yourself is really everything in our career path. So, uh, you know, what scares you uh, about this job? Well, you know, I think what makes me nervous and conscious is that there's a long history here at Virginia Tech, and I don't know, I don't know some of the backstories of it all. And you know, like this person is connected to this person, and this person, you need, you know, I don't know that. So sometimes you say things uh, that you know we we say things and we can't take it back. And I'm like. Uh, you know, did I say something that wasn't right, wasn't correct, mess something up? Uh, I, I was having a hard time. Uh, I, I was saying it, they said very Midwestern-y when I was saying Norfolk, uh, whatever. You know, they, they kind of had more of a Southern twang, I felt like Mike and Bill when they were saying it. And uh, just like little things like that, or like we had a reader the other day like uh, that I had to redo because it's, okay, Giles County. And I was saying Giles County because it's okay. G I uh, like little things like that that like someone who's been here for a while wouldn't make those type of mistakes, and so I'm always mindful of that. Yeah, we we live in an unprecedented time where one thing you say or do can get you done for, and you don't have a job. It, it's kind of funny because I, um, not really funny, but at at Montana State, I took over for somebody who uh, had a situation like that come up. He. Uh, was under investigation for sexual assault and uh, got fired. Never is going to work in broadcasting again. I can guarantee that. He had a great career going along, and yet he, uh, you know, one, you know, one thing like that happens and you're done. And, and that's even a little bit different than like saying something out loud that you could say. But it, I think you just have to be so mindful in today's day and age, and and make sure that you're you're saying what's right, not offending anybody. Yeah, no doubt about that, uh, Zach. So. This, this is a unique uh, job description here that you have at Virginia Tech. A lot of the times, uh, for those that don't know, if you're the director of broadcasting operations at uh, a major school like this, typically you're the play-by-play -play voice of both uh, football and basketball. Right now you're the play-by-play -play voice of basketball. Virginia Tech decided to bring back the legendary Bill Roth to do the football games. Uh, you're still doing sideline reporting for that. You're hosting the weekly coaches shows. Uh, you're still obviously incredibly involved with football. 
football, but at the end of the day, not calling the football games. Was that kind of a turnoff to you as far as this opportunity? Um, did that play into your decision at all to, to come on out here to tack with them also bringing Bill back? Yeah, no, it, it's definitely, it's a great question because it's, uh, I think something that, you know, other broadcasters sometimes get intimidated by and different things. Uh, in this industry, people get to where they have a big ego and they think that, you know, people are only listening to listen to them or, you know, they are. So it gets intimidating when there's somebody else there. The thing that, you know, for me was that um, me and Bill, you know, t communicated throughout the entire process. I had never met Bill in, until literally the beginning of uh, middle of August when he came out here. Had but, you ever heard of him? Uh, yeah, okay. I knew I knew of Bill um, just from mainly, honestly, from what he's built at Virginia Tech, the sports broadcasting that way. I knew about his uh, ESPN work and and some of that stuff. Uh, so to be able to be you know around and, and work with a guy like that, he was so receptive to hey, we're gonna do this as a team. You know, we're not no one's bigger than the other type of thing. So that you know made me interested uh, in that. But it is, it's a it's a different situation because he's doing that. I understand that Bill's done it forever. He's a legend uh, here at Virginia Tech. I mean, so many people grew up listening to Bill Roth and uh, continue to, to listen to Bill. But I think we have such a good relationship, me and him, that that's what makes it better and easier for us uh, to be able to do that. I'm not, I'm also not uh, stupid. I mean, I, I know that that power five opportunities do not come up very rarely. I mean, it, it's something that people hold on to for a very, very long time. So I saw an opportunity to be able to get involved with a power five organization and, uh, you know, to be able to do basketball and be involved in football. And plus, you know, a lot of times people won't do it because they're like, I I've got to get football tape. I have to, you know, I luckily have three years of football tape from, you know, Montana State. So I feel like I I've done the play-by-play -play of football. I can do it. And, you know, I obviously want to do it at some point again. But I'm okay with being seeing a new role, being down to the sidelines and learning from those two up in the booth and uh, still getting my fix of being able to do the coaches' shows and uh, do basketball play-by-play. So a lot of people think that uh, in this career you kind of do your prep work, you show up on game day, you call the game, and, and that's it. But uh, there's actually a lot more work behind the scenes uh, that, that you have to do, and, and that comes with the title of Director of Broadcast Operations. So what is your day-to-day -day like uh, during the week, not only getting ready for these games, but all the nitty-gritty that you have to do behind the scenes? Yeah, so we, you know, here's the thing I always say is uh, there in this industry are bucket fillers and bucket uh in uh, bucket takers, okay, out of it. My, my roommate at Montana State used to always say that I lived with one of the guys who was sales. And he's like, listen, we're filling the bucket up for you. And I get that. So at this level and where we're at, we've got to be very conscious of the sponsorships and make sure that we get those people happy because they're at the end of the day paying our bills and paying our salaries and uh, keeping us here. So um, each week I got to go through um, our live reads, get all those in order, um, you know, our, our billboards, anything that's sold basically we go through with that. Um, you know, also just um, making sure that I'm I'm up to date on on the team, what's happening with that. The, uh, we do a coach's radio show, a, a podcast each week, doing that type of stuff. But a lot of it then is just you know letting out fires. If this happened or this commercial didn't play, we got to get this audio to this person. This has to get cut. This new commercial they want it voiced a different way. Um, different things like that have kind of been, and then some of it too is like. Uh, 
going out and doing hokey club events and, and different things like that and um, you know being involved in, in whatever ways they need you around the university. Do you ever find any of that tedious at all? Do you wish you could just show up on Saturday and call the big game or, or do you kind of enjoy that that part of it as well and almost calling the games like, like the treat, like the reward at the end? Yeah, you know, I, I've never been somebody, I know there are broadcasters out there who are like, I like to prep more than the games. I'm not one of those people <laughs> at all. I, I like the games and I enjoy the games. I try to prep because I'm ready for the games, you know, and so that I can sound as good as possible. I have one of those minds where I'm like thinking of one thing, then I'm going to another thing, then I'm doing this and that. And so sometimes I find it more difficult to sit down, you know, close the door. We work with a great group here that are always coming around and talking to that. And I'm like, I got to focus in and get this done and get that done. And, you know, with, with different things because you want to have some content, some information. But uh, yeah, I, I've never been someone who's like, I'm, I'm, in love with the prep uh what what uh who did you emulate as you were growing up um you know for me i, I grew up listening to guys like sean mcdonough and uh you know obviously listening to the play-by-play guys at uh, syracuse like matt park uh, growing up in upstate new york so so who was it for you that uh, you would just turn on the tv every week and listen to and kind of idolize being in their shoes someday yeah, on the radio side, I would always listen to uh, Pat Hughes do the Chicago Cubs. And uh, Pat had like a long-winded way that he talked. And then sometimes I would listen to my baseball, and I'm like, that's that's not me. I, I know I, I like listening to him, and I want to pick up on things, but I can't you know do it totally like him. I know he gets a bad rap, but I, I really like Joe Buck in the way that he uh, – to, you know, people want him to be more excited and more over the top. I mean, I, I get where he's coming from, and I get that side of it. I I really, really, really enjoy Dan Schulman too. Okay. Just you kind of sound like Dan Schulman with that deep, deep yeah. voice. Yeah, I I just I think Dan's great. Dan um, was super nice to me. He when he was doing Sunday Night Baseball, he had me come up to the booth with Cruck and Hershiser and those guys and uh, was just as nice as could be showing me around showing me different things so like I'll always you know that's a guy that was nice to me coming up in that so I you know always respect him and uh, yeah he, he's been tremendous whatever but that's where you know you talk about what do you like that's a guy who had the national deal and was doing national games and then kind of wanted to go back doing the Blue Jays and just do a team thing when he was doing right. the biggest game. So, you know, that makes me look and wonder, okay, maybe sometimes the national gigs where you don't get to follow a team all season long and be around that team isn't, uh, you know, all the glitz and glamour on the national broadcast isn't maybe what it's all made out to be. Right. I mean, there's so many guys like that because Shulman still does do the national basketball games during college basketball right. season. Wes Durham's the voice of the Atlantic Falcons on Sunday, but on Saturday he's calling college football yeah. in the ACC. So uh, right. definitely, definitely interesting there. So guys that you grew up idolizing, you know, we kind of covered that, but who was your biggest role model in the industry, whether it was someone at Iowa or Montana State who kind of paved the way for you and, and taught you everything that they knew and uh, allowed you to, to grow into what you've become? Yeah, you know, I would say a guy like Gary Dolphin at Iowa was really important to uh, the way that I went about. He was another guy that I, um, you know, I whenever I was at um, in school, I, I emailed him and he brought me up to the radio booth and I, I sat in with him and uh, the crew during an Iowa football game. And, you know, just absolutely loved it being around that and all that. And then three years later, it was ironic because I was hosting the pregame show and we were sending it to him then and we were doing back and forth and talking. And so, you know, to be around someone like that who he, he 
one is a great storyteller. I think he's great on air, but I think he's even better at like the uh, when he goes out of the community during the Hawk Talk, different things, and, and going around to the coaches' shows. That's where he really thrives. But kind of learning the way you have relationships with coaches and, and players and, uh, you know, just kind of the way that stuff more so even than the on-air stuff was important to me. If you could go back and, and, and relive kind of an iconic moment, whether it's a touchdown call, a, a three-pointer, buzzer beater, whatever it may be, if you could kind of go back and, and soak it all in one more time, uh, you know, where, where would that moment be in your career? Well, if I had to, uh, if I had to redo um, a moment that I thought was not good was uh, the 2017 Big Ten Championship. Iowa won. It was my first year doing Iowa baseball full-time for the whole season. And I had a cold, and I was like, oh, oh my gosh. And then, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I listen back, and I'm like, I kind of cringe. I'm just like, geez. But uh, and I was like, okay, this is kind of a cool thing. And then, of course, they never made the NCAA tournament again. Never won the tournament. Not even close. But it was my first year. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool if they keep on doing this. So <laughs> I would like to go back and be able to change that. We just last year had a um, half-court buzzer beater on the final game of the regular season to win the conference championship at Montana State. Wow. That was really cool. That was that was a cool. I, I really liked my call from that, and I would relive that again. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. What was it like calling the uh, FCS National Championship game when you were at Montana State? I mean, that's that's the highest level you can get at a school like that with a jam-packed atmosphere. What was that like? Yeah, it was cool. It was a lot of fun because it was treated kind of like a bowl game. You had three weeks in between, and we went down a week early and kind of hung out and. I had a great relationship, you know, at that level with all the coaches. We were friends, you know, a lot of the players I had uh, known uh, from, uh, you know, the COVID year, everyone was still around. It was basically the same group of people for two years, which was nice. But um, yeah, it, it was an amazing environment because it's like this, you know, whoever wins this is going to win a national championship. Granted, the game wasn't what I wanted it to be, and the quarterback went out from Montana State to the very first drive, and it didn't end up being what I thought it was going to be. But, I mean, getting to be around a championship, no matter what level, what it is, just around a championship event is always a thrill. Now, uh, some of your co-workers here at Virginia Tech, you talk about guys like Evan Hughes, who's the voice of uh, women's basketball and baseball and graduated from the SMA program, Jim Nance Award winner, guys like Bill, um, who've kind of paved the way for our, our sports broadcasting program here for students. Uh, did you know anything about the program coming in? Was it discussed at all in your hiring process? And kind of how important is it to you to, to be involved with the students and uh, kind of help in any way that you can, you know, just build this program from, from what it's become to, to what we hope to be? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Evan won the Heisman of what we do. <laughs> I mean, there is no bigger award. You were on that list. I was, college. but I never won. Here's the thing. I got my highest my sophomore year of college and then somehow progressively got worse every year <laughs> and my ranking went down. But um, uh, no, I mean, I, I knew of Evan. We hadn't personally ever met or anything, but um, I knew his work. Uh, we had followed each other on social media a little bit. Uh, Bill was one of those guys, like I said, that just from the sports casting um, community, I knew who he was. Uh, I knew what he had done, where he was, uh, what he was about. 
so he is um, definitely what he's built here is amazing. I mean, you know, to go from not really even recognized as a communication school to one of the top five broadcasting schools in America in a very short amount of time is is pretty remarkable. I just think that, um, you know, I want to be able to help out and be involved. I, from a young age, like I said, when I was in, you know, the beginning stages of high school, I've had a passion for broadcasting, have wanted to get to the highest level and want to help out people that I can and those same people who have a drive and have a want. Uh, so I, I've told Bill uh, and he knows that, you know, whatever ways I can be involved, I want to be involved. Well, I think you've uh, done a great job with that, Zach. Again, you know, you're sitting here with me today, but uh, you, you're in every single one of our internship meetings, and uh, you're always there to listen to our tape and, and give us feedback and, and whatever. So, uh, again, we can't thank you enough for that. So, uh, Zach, I kind of want to, you know, paint the picture here for you a little bit. I want you to close your eyes and, and actually do it for me. Uh, you're in Castle Coliseum. The house is absolutely filled. The feeling's electric. The noise is deafening. Enter Sandman is blaring. The Hokies are about to tip off for a huge ACC battle against the University of Virginia. Now open your eyes. How, how does all of that make you feel to be the guy that gets to sit courtside and call that game, paint that picture for all of Hokie Nation? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a cool thing to be at a place that has environments like that, has, place, has you know, such a place in college basketball it matters so much to the people here. It matters so much nationally. And, uh, you know, to get to be in one of the best seats for some of the best games in the country uh, throughout, you know, the winter time is such a thrill. And that's what I'm just so excited about seeing not only Castle, the other places in the ACC that are so historic and have so much meaning in college basketball to get to be around those is going to be phenomenal. But, yeah, I, I just I can't, you know, I can't say how much, how excited I am about getting an opportunity to get a call big-time games at a place like Virginia Tech. Zach, what advice would you give, you know, an inspiring young broadcaster like myself or, or any of my peers who are, you know, really just chomping at the bit to be in your shoes? Um, you know, we're only eight years removed, I think, something close to that, maybe no. 10 years removed, um, you know, and I think so many of us, uh, you know, idolize you for, for where you've gotten to. So what would your best piece of advice be? Well, my, my best piece of advice would be not even so much broadcast related, but would be not only to... Well, I always say two things. Okay, be first off, if you're a good person and you're good at your job, you'll be able to move up and you'll be fine going that route. A lot of times in the broadcasting industry, it's not so much about um, you know how, how good you are, but it's sometimes it is, and those people rise to the top right away. But a lot of it is who outlasts and who's willing to work, who's willing to do that, who has a good reputation as a good person. Uh, you know, and who, who is good at their job. The big thing for me when I look back now is I would say be okay with where you're at right now. I always, you know, whenever I got done, I was like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is where I need to get to. And this is, I was stressing myself out. You know, I, I know I graduated college. I was doing Iowa baseball and that's the only thing I was doing. I didn't have anything else. I was working at Iowa football, but I wanted to do broadcasting. And, uh, you know, Montana State happened and, you know, three weeks later, and then I kind of got involved with that. And then, you know, just at the time when I was kind of saying, okay, 
I feel like, you know, at Montana State, I've done a national championship. I've done an NCAA tournament. Where where else do I go? Then Virginia Tech opens up in that, and you know, the next thing opens. So instead of stressing about where you're at and worrying and trying to skate through college as quickly as possible, my advice would be to just be okay and be present in where you're at right now. Thank you. Thank you for that, Zach. Uh, anything else that uh, you want the people to know before uh, I let you go? I would just say Geo does a great job, <laughs> and uh, you're gonna be you're gonna be just fine at this thing. Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, thank you again, Zach. Really appreciate your time. Uh, he is uh, the brand new voice of Virginia Tech men's basketball and the brand new director of broadcast operations here at Learfield. I'm Giovanni Heater. Saying so long. Till next time.